0: Lalo THR here. What's going down, everybody? Back in full effect. I hope you're doing fantastic. It's been a minute. Um, Today's episode is going to be a quickie. Just a few things I want to talk about. Mainly, uh, uh, we're going to bring back Talking Boxing because we got some big news in the fight game with the Mexican monster, David Benavidez, destroying Demetrius Bubu Andrade as well as the return of the king ryan king rye garcia as he disposes of some nobody (laughs) named oscar duarte yeah i ain't buying the hype y'all ain't selling me I, i gotta see more from ryan before i could officially declare him as back um and we'll get into that we'll get into that um in a bunch of separate recordings that i've completed over the course of this past month um and what i'm gonna open with is my experience at full gear, and I want to just apologize for my voice because um I actually lost my voice after full gear. I mean it was completely gone. I wanted to do a review of the show. I know I said I would, but I couldn't quite frankly because i didn't have a voice. it was gone. I was doing too much screaming and talking and and also, as you'll hear um <laughs> my experience in a moment um i was pretty messed up too like i I got drunk man like i legit got drunk (laughs) i got messed up man um so i'll get into that in a second um before we begin the festivities i do want to do a quick impromptu review of uh woo energy woo rick flair's energy drinks because i got that in the mail recently and um There's also some controversy going down yet again. You know, it seems like controversy and Ric Flair, they're like peanut butter and jelly at this point in time. And, um, you know, apparently he cut a very cringy promo on Rampage, which will certainly be edited out as has been reported. But he said something along the lines of all women 18 and up are invited to come join me in my hotel room. No boyfriends or husbands allowed um and he got a huge backlash from this promo and so much so that apparently he also made comments i don't know i still haven't read the articles if he actually like said this on the microphone there in the building or uh during an interview or something but then he said something along the lines of maybe it's best if i just leave aew if i just leave and go away and don't come back or something like that but um i'm gonna tell you right now his energy drink ain't going anywhere because in spite of rick flair's you know being his own worst enemy his energy drink is pretty freaking good man um and you know let's put respect on his energy drink because just because it has his name on it don't mean it's from him it's a company that develops it you know um i got into it on reddit because uh I posted about it the screenshot of the variety pack that I ordered asking if anybody else has tried it and what, what they thought and lots of people comment of course trolling me and you know saying, Oh, I, I you know, unlike you, I don't support a sex pest and this and that and you know, I, I don't give my money to, you know, whatever, you know, controversial people and stuff. And, I, you know, you know, I responded back like, hey, man, I I, I I got some bad news for you because the shoes you're wearing were made by literal slaves in China. And the smartphone you're using is, is being produced by literal slaves in China. They got to put nets outside of the windows so these workers don't jump out and commit suicide like they usually do. So don't be don't be a hypocrite. That's all I'm saying. You know, I don't. I do not condone Ric Flair's behavior and the things that he's done in his life. Um, but that's not gonna stop me from trying an energy drink because I am a pretty frequent energy drink consumer. Um, and and I will tell you, man, I've only tried two of the variety pack flavors thus far, which is dragon fruit and lemon. Um, and I could tell you that they're both delicious, very good. They're not too sweet. They're not too vitamin-y like the Rock's ZOA energy drink, which tastes like Flintstone vitamins to me. Um, Ric Flair's energy, energy drink has a very smooth body. It, it, it reminds me of a cream soda, you know, kind of like a cream soda, but a little bit lighter. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's good, man. I highly recommend it. The Woo energy drink, anybody out there that drinks energy drinks, because it's, it's not too bad. Is, I mean, the, at least the two flavors that I've tried. I, I have a couple other flavors to try. I don't remember at the moment <laughs> what they are. But uh, but the dragon fruit and the lemon um, is very good. And let's talk about AEW Fight Forever. Because, um, you know, that's something that I never talked about. And I bought that game months and months ago, and I never did a review on it. I'm not going to do a full-scale, in-depth review. All I'm going to say is this. You got a bunch of people online complaining that they, they spent 50 bucks, 60 bucks on it. Dog, I pre-ordered the Elite Edition, which ran me about $72 plus tax, okay? And when I downloaded the game, less than an hour later after playing it, I just sat there with doo-doo face realizing that I threw my money away. So don't complain. Don't buy the game. You know, it's not worth it. I'm going to just tell you right now. The game is not worth it. And and the main issue that I have for for it is, is it's not even the issues that other people are complaining. Like a lot of people obviously, and they're valid complaints. They're valid complaints. But the majority of people, they're complaining about a lack of features, like, no sandbox mode, no GM mode or universe mode type deal. And, of course, the creation suite being a complete joke, lacking in features. But my, my main complaint, above everything else, is the fucking pin system. Because you have this incredible gameplay engine, incredible wrestling mechanics in this game. But yet, it's completely useless when you have a shitty pin system. I literally, I literally win matches just doing a suplex. And then I could pin my opponent after a certain time. You know, matches, you, you can't have more than a 10-15 minute match. It's, it's, it's hard to do that. Like, it's a challenge to actually have a match go longer than 10 or 15 minutes. It's, it's very difficult. Because anything ends matches in the game. You could win a match with a headlock takeover in that fucking game you know what i mean so th- th- that right there to me is the biggest issue of all because you have this really great gameplay engine man like it- it's it's really it really is a hybrid of no mercy and here comes the pain with a of- with a lot of added modern features and dynamics um you know that make it up to date you know with today's gaming landscape but then you have that shitty pin system which is a button mash system which is fine. I don't have a problem with a button match a mash system. I mean that's here comes the pain had that same system. No mercy. Had that same system. It's not a problem. But it is a problem in this game because you're not clearly mashing the buttons hard enough to kick out of a pin. Neither is the AI apparently because I I just it, the game is too easy. There is no replayability at all. And then, you know, you talk about Road to Elite mode. You know, that is the biggest disappointment, too, as far as all the modes go. Because the gameplay is is fine, minus the pin system. But then you get into their flagship mode, which is supposed to be Road to to Elite, their career mode. And it's terrible, man. It's terrible. It is complete trash. And there is no replayability. So I had the game, I bought it, I mean, as soon as it launched, I had it downloaded to my Xbox and I I play the game maybe like in spurts of like 15 minutes tops and then I turn it off and don't play it for weeks at a time, um, which is a shame. I mean, I spend most of my time just changing my champions that are champions in the game. You know, just having title matches for the fuck of it, you know, and changing the titles. And that's pretty much all I do. I I, I haven't even tried um, Stadium Stampede. I haven't even tried that mode. And I I likely won't because I'm just not into that kind of stuff. It's like a wannabe Fortnite free-for-all or Battle royal type of thing, but with wrestling. And to me, that's just dumb. I mean, I like that they were thinking outside of the box, but... You know, this this development, I don't know if it's Kenny Omega's fault. He tried to make the game like Pokemon Stadium with these dumbass mini games instead of adding more wrestlers and arenas and, and stuff to the creation mode. They added these dumbass Pokemon Stadium like uh, mini games, you know, or or Mario Party like min, mini games. And that to me wouldn't surprise me if that was a Kenny Omega thing, you know, because he's a big nerd. But I mean and again, I like that they were trying to be ambitious and, and do something different and think outside the box. But this is a classic case of them just doing too much instead of just focusing on the fundamentals. Like just make a fun wrestling game. You don't gotta add these dumbass mini-games, you know, and roll to the elite road to elite mode. I don't want my character to be eating at restaurants. <laughs> Like, come on, man. What is that? And go sightseeing, see monuments and stuff. What is that? You know, just focus on making a good, fun wrestling game. And they had half of that ready with the gameplay. But that pin system just messed everything up. So that's my verdict on Fight Forever, guys. It's not worth it. A lot of people are already declaring it as dead. Because ever since they launched Season Pass 2... um you know people are saying that it it clearly shows that they're not going to continue to try to really support the game cuz just adding in a couple new downloadable characters and arenas that's not that's not improving the game you know there's clearly some major issues that still need to be worked on so yeah guys if if you haven't bought Fight Forever don't buy it it's not worth it i would wait for there's a game called Ultra Pro Wrestling being developed by some uh developers in the UK that um highly ambitious i mean if if they can end up releasing all the things that they're saying they want to release with the game it's gonna be a fantastic game and that's gonna be a true no mercy successor unlike aew fight forever which is 100% not so let's go ahead and get into my uh aew full gear experience full gear was uh was a lot of fun man i was there live um the main event was kind of eh, not not you know what you expect from a pay-per-view main event from aew but but it was fun being there live i mean i i still have yet to see it um like from a broadcast perspective see the footage but i i was there live and uh man i got drunk dog I, I i pounded like nine beers and one of those like uh canned margaritas with like 12 percent, 12.6 percent abv because it got like tequila in it i got i got smashed and i was just screaming i lost my voice i'm still recovering my voice is finally um back to normal for the most part but um but I I had lost my voice for the whole week, That's, and and I wanted to do a review of the show right after, but I couldn't I could not my voice was gone it was gone, um, but it was so much fun, dude. I I I met some really cool people. Um, I took a bunch of pictures and videos, which I'm not gonna upload because I was acting a fool. <laughs> There's a there was a moment where uh, Jericho put somebody in the walls uh, in his in his match, uh, one of the Bucks, I guess, and I was like, make that motherfucker tap. <laughs> I was like, fuck these jobbers. Like I was I was just acting a fool, man. Uh, it's it's kind of embarrassing actually, cause I I don't want to act like that in public. You know what I mean? I don't want to be vulgar like that. At a wrestling show, when you know there's probably kids around and stuff, and I was acting stupid, man, to be honest, but I was hype, man. Okay, sue me, I was hype, and bro, I grabbed, uh, I think Dax Harwood's titty, I and mean, I don't know, you could probably see it, like it. I don't know, I'm gonna buy the DVD to see, <laughs> but I got overexcited, bro, because he came, he he came close to the barricade where I was at. And um, he was shaking people's hands, and and I was jumping up and down, and I grabbed him, bro. And I I tried to shake his hand again before he left, but I, I grabbed his titty instead of his hand. And he he turned around, too, like, what the fuck? And I, I put my hands on my head, and I, I told my lady, I'm like, babe, I just grabbed this man's titty. <laughs> so I don't know if that's on the DVD. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to order it to see if I can see that shit oh my god i got way too excited um my my lady she was holding the mjf sign i'm pretty sure made it on camera i'm pretty sure i mean we seen ourselves in the titantron during replays and stuff but um because we were right there by the stage when we were on floor b by, by by the stage so that's like the left side you know of of the Uh, the stage like when the wrestlers are coming out we were to their left and uh, my lady was holding up the mjf you are my sunshine sign where it had pictures of him on the rosie o'donnell show as a kid singing you are my sunshine and um yeah man it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun um all the matches were fun because i was drunk (laughs) I wasn't even bro i don't even remember the moves like you know obviously the match that had the most investment was swerve and page and um i don't even remember the spots like obviously the big controversy the big thing people are talking about is adam page drinking swerve's blood and spitting it out and i don't even remember that i don't i i don't I, i was really hammered man i don't even remember that all I remember is I was I was just going crazy for Swerve. I did the dance and everything when him and Nana came out, and um, I was telling everybody in my section too. I said, "Bro, Swerve better go over." That's all I'm gonna say. Swerve better go over, and um, and he did. He did go over, which I'm surprised by. Two clean wins, which that's why I don't know why they're even continuing this feud. It's pretty pretty much set in stone that swerve is the better man he beat page twice man what the hell but uh yeah man full gear was a lot of fun that's the match that was the highlight um the latter match tag team was cool too it was it was awesome to see roosh live i was also um getting kind of hype for roosh and um yeah and sting oh man to see sting I was wearing a Sting shirt, by the way, a vintage like 1990s Sting shirt. Um, I got it in the AEW crate that I get quarterly, um, and uh, yeah, man, when Sting came out and Ric Flair came, I was surprised to see Ric Flair. Of course, I recorded his entrance. I was like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" <laughs> over and over. Nah, man, I was acting a fool for real. I, 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 told my lady I, I gotta chill out whenever, cause that's not the first time either. Like I, I went to the um, Metallica concert, and at SoFi Stadium last August. Um, it was a, it was a birthday gift to me. Um, and I was just going. Fucking wild, man! Like I, I, I look like I. I mean, some of the people around me look like they were getting scared, dog, because <laughs> I was going too crazy, <laughs> walking around and shit, and banging my head. And I, I mean, Metallica is my favorite band of all time, and that was my first time seeing seeing them live, and that was a bucket list thing for me you know, like before I die, I have to see Metallica live, and I did, so of course, I was going fucking bananas, dude, but yeah, I told my lady, I, I gotta chill out, man, from now on, when I go to live events, just drink a few beers, and just chill out, don't get stupid, because um, nobody wants that, you know, Um, we actually, uh, we actually met up with my lady's sister, and her sister's boyfriend as well and they actually told us a story about they went to AEW revolution that happened in um I think San Francisco California at the cow palace if I'm not mistaken and uh there was somebody that got so drunk in their section that he actually passed out he fell on the floor and was on the floor for a little while too before security they they had to bring out a stretcher for this dude that got too drunk and like blacked out and was acting dumb. Um, you know, and so they tell me that story, and then here I go <laughs> drinking nine, nine tall cans and uh, that margarita in a can thing, you know, and I'm going fucking crazy. I mean, I, I, I know my limits though. I'm not gonna black out and or pass out or anything like that. But I, I was acting dumb though. So, but I had a great time. <laughs> Full gear was a lot of fun. I'm not gonna review the show because I mean again I don't even remember a lot of it, man. I was, I was just uh, you know, having a good time. But I I am gonna buy the DVD. As a matter of fact, after I record this, I'm gonna go on AEW shop and see if they have that on DVD already. I'll order it right now. CM Punk returns. To WWE after 10 years of being away from the company that pretty much made him a household name. This news um, is actually earth-shattering for a lot of people. Especially those people who never gave AEW a chance. Um, and just strictly tuned into WWE. Because those people never thought Punk would come back to WWE. Um, And their fandom for the E wouldn't allow them to give AEW a chance. So now that he's back, it's been earth shattering for those people. And you know, this this is a really, really bad look for AEW. Any way you slice it. You know people are calling Punk a hypocrite. And this and that and what not and the other. But. Any way you want to look at it. This is a bad look. For AEW. Because. The fact that CM Punk. Is willing to go back. To a company. That fired him on his wedding day. And was a living hell for him for a while. He had a undiagnosed, untreated staph infection, which he was basically forced to work under. Um, And you can see it. There's footage of him working on it, too. There's like a big old ball on his back. And you could see it specifically in the Royal Rumble match, the last match he competed in, I believe. I could be wrong about that, actually. Um, The fact that he's willing to go back to this company that he's minced with words instead of trying to work things out with AEW and make AEW a better place that just shows how the lack of structure the lack of leadership and it just makes AEW look like a fucking mess that this man is willing to join the dark side if you will and now you have QT Marshall <laughs> resigning from AW as well. They lost Jade Cargill, who they offered a substantial amount of money. I'm pretty sure they offered Jade Cargill more money than what WWE is currently paying her. And she still turned it down so she can go to WWE This makes WWE look like it's a hot destination. Like it's where everybody wants to be. And it makes AEW look like amateur hour, where nobody of value wants to remain at. And you know, as far as the punk stuff, again, you know, people are saying, oh, well. You know, AEW gave Punk the world. They did everything for him. They gave him a new show. They gave him creative control. There's even some people speculating that he was he was made an EVP of AEW and this and that. None of that shit means anything, dog. None of that means anything. That's like, you know, that's like a shitty company. That's not expanding, That that's not doing nothing, that doesn't have any real leadership, giving me a EVP job. You know, like, dude, I don't want to be a president of a company that's fucking a mess, that's in disarray, that's disorganized, discombobulated. What's that going to do for my career? You see what I'm saying? None of that means anything, dude. In fact... In fact, I'll even say that that actually even adds to the bad image of AEW. The fact that they gave CM Punk everything and he still didn't want to be there. Clearly wanted to be to be with WWE. I mean, even while he was under contract with AEW, there was that big story that came out, I believe, uh, November. Um, last year, November. I think... I don't remember exactly when, where, but when CM Punk actually went backstage in WWE Raw, I believe when they were in Chicago, um, and Vince McMahon had to ask him to leave, but he like spoke uh, briefly with Triple H, and he tried to make amends with like The Miz and stuff like that, or something along those lines. I remember the story was huge though, because it is huge. I mean, when you're you're contracted to one company. And then you're going to go backstage to another company show. Like, that's not a good look. It wasn't a good look then. And hindsight's 2020, it's definitely not a good look now. Because now we can clearly see that this man wanted to go back to WWE, even while he was under contract with AEW. And that is not a good look for AEW, any way you slice it. And, um,. I'm just going to say this right now. I'm going to say this right now, man. If WWE takes MJF away from AEW, guys, AEW is fucking dead. Capital D-E-A-D, dead. I'm telling you right now. Because MJF is the only thing AEW has going for it at this point in time. I mean, the Continental Classic and everything is cool. And I mean, I don't know, man. But MJF is the only real star they have left. The only person of interest. The only thing that could compel you to tune in to Dynamite mjf if wwe takes him away it is game over daddy game over and i'm not saying you know you have people on the aw subreddit like oh aw is not going anywhere it'll survive yeah it'll survive but it's it's not it's not gonna be where it's at like it's not even where it's at now where it was back in the day when they were doing a million views in the ratings you know like it's not a foregone conclusion that warner discovery is going to renew and you know a lot of people seem to have this idea that warner discovery is not only going to renew dynamite and collision and rampage but they're also going to give aew a streaming platform on max and i don't know why everyone is so confident that these deals are gonna go through dude it's not a foregone conclusion at all I don't care what the perception is. Oh, well, Warner Bros. seem to be happy with AEW. Yeah, they're not going to shit on AEW in public, bro. You know, of course, in articles and interviews, they're going to say, oh, we're very pleased with AEW Dynamite's ratings and this and that. Of course, they're going to talk them up because they're on their network. They're not going to shit on them. You think Warner Brothers Discovery is going to come out and say, oh, AEW is, is, is a shitty product? They're not doing good in the ratings. They're faltering. Like this, this these guys are amateurs. They're, they're not gonna say stuff like that. Of course, they're gonna praise. They're professionals, man. It's a business. So it, it's not a foregone conclusion, you know. And I really, I don't know, man. But I, I think that it's it's kind of grim the fact that we're still waiting on a deal if i'm not mistaken i i really thought that um a deal is supposed to be announced in early 2024 we're in november right now and there's still no word on any kind of progress with that as far as i know i could be wrong about that but if wwe takes cm punk away uh excuse me mjf away they they did take cm punk away uh, evidently and it's still doesn't hurt as badly as if they were to take mjf away you know cody leaving was a huge blow jade cargill leaving was a a pretty big blow cm punk leaving was a massive blow now you take mjf away from aew and that is the gunshot wound to the torso that I just don't think AEW could survive. Now, what I mean by that, they're not going to go out of business. Of course not. You know, they're backed by a billionaire. You know, they're not going to go out of business, but you might see their ass on, on access TV. <laughs> you might be watching dynamite on, on, uh, uh, destination America, not on TNT or TBS. You know, if they take MJF away from AEW, AEW is going to be like impact, bro. That's what I mean by they're, they're not going to survive that. They'll be like Impact. They'll, you know, as far as perception and popularity, they'll be like Impact. They'll be like MLW. That's what's going to happen. Because they don't have anybody left. You know, they have some guys that could potentially become crossover, big appeal stars like MJF. Um, I mean, Swerve Strickland is real hot right now. Um and that's pretty much it honestly they haven't built anybody else um the only guys that are getting the most pushes and everything are guys like orange cassidy you know i mean this guy orange cassidy uh i don't know man john moxley ain't gonna be a strong enough foundation and as good as John moxley is, he's not a strong enough foundation to carry it if if m j f happens to leave and and people think it's a foregone conclusion that m j f has resigned already too that's another thing i forgot to mention it's not a foregone conclusion guys that m j f renewed his aew deal or signed to a bigger contract it is not a foregone conclusion i don't know where people are getting this from everyone seems to think they're confident that m j f has Already re-signed with AEW and he's got a massive contract and this and that. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. If I'm Tony Khan, bro, I'm giving MJF the 1990s WCW Hulk Hogan contract. minus, Minus the creative control clause where, you know, he can pretty much politic everything. Minus that, but I'm giving him all the money in the world, dog. He's getting that Hulk Hogan WCW contract. I'm doing whatever I can to keep MJF happy and with my company because the moment MJF leaves AEW, it's over. Let's go ahead and talk about who's behind the devil mask as the speculation continues to run rampant. After this past Dynamite, we had some action in the ring Involving the masked henchman to the devil, attacking MJF, who was ultimately saved by Samoa Joe. I'm going to tell you right now, I think Wardlow is one of them. Um it, it looked like him, his body type. Big dude. Big dude, it looked like him. Um Because if it ain't him, I don't know who else. You know what I mean? Um It, it had his exact... Body type. And in fact, you got some nerds on Reddit piecing together evidence, too, about him having the same boots, the same boots that he wore. You know, he had a match like literally right after that, that angle. And also his hair looked like he had been wearing um, a mask or a hat or something that, you know, compressed his hair. And that's something, those are things I did not notice, of course, you know, I, I mean, I, I'd like to think I'm an observant person, but I mean, with wrestling, I don't take it that seriously <laughs> to be observing like that, but maybe I should be, you know, with a storyline like this, but that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool that people, um, you know, piece them things together. So Wardlow is is a big uh, suspect here to be one of the henchmen underneath the masks, of uh, the Whatever the, those things are, um, not not the devil, of course, but, you know, one of the unknown, so to speak. And it will be the unknown versus MJF and Samoa Joe next week on Dynamite, which is going to be very interesting. I like the way the challenge was set up. It was very different from what I've ever seen in on a wrestling show. Um, it was very video game-esque. It felt like a video game, like when the screen turned black and you seen the text come up. You know, it even sounded like a Final Fantasy game or something. You know, the the, the sound effect of the of the text going across the screen. It looked like I'm, I'm watching somebody play Final Fantasy or something. <laughs> and knowing AEW, that's probably what they were going for too. Um, but I like it. I mean, it's different. You know, it's something different. It's something unique. You know, um, you ain't going to see WWE do something like that. I mean, I know Bray Wyatt had, um, you know, very unique um, angles and video packages and stuff, vignettes. But um, God rest his soul. But um, he's no longer here. And AEW now is capitalizing on the uniqueness of angles like that. So... Um, as far as who's under the devil mask, man, um, it, it's funny because, you know, I had a big speech planned about how it could be completely possible that CM Punk is the devil and and then he shows up in WWE. So obviously that's out of the question now, but I, I still want to say it, though. <laughs> I still want to say because for, for all the people that were like, oh, it's completely impossible preposterous it's not punk it won't be punk it can't be punk it's impossible it bro it could have been completely possible um and 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 what I, and the reason i'm saying that is because you know the main argument that the people were saying that it's completely impossible the main argument they were using is that oh it, it cannot be a work that he was fired and this and that and they made collision suffer just for a storyline But I just want to say, that's not how it would have panned out. If if it were, let's say, in an alternate timeline, CM Punk never returned to WWE. um, It could be Punk because the only way it could have been Punk is if they worked things out. Tony Khan gave him a call and said, hey, Phil, uh, you know, I know um, things (laughs) escalated very quickly, um, you know. And I think we could do business, though. I think you should come back. I think you should be the one under the devil's mask. Because the fans are speculating like crazy. Let's turn this shit into the greatest angle of all time with you being the star of it. And bam, you know, I'll give you bigger money. I'll give you, you know, a better deal. And things aren't going to happen the way they happen. You know, I'm a, I'm a bitch slap Jack Perry. <laughs> I'm a, you know keep the elite under control, man, um, you know, just come back, and um, that's how it could have played out, you know, it was completely possible, unlikely, yes, improbable, yes, but not impossible, that's all I'm saying, so who's under the devil's mask, though, now, now that we know it ain't punk, now that we know, um, it, it should be Adam Cole, that's, that's what everybody's speculating, including myself, but I kind of don't like it to be Adam Cole just because it's way too predictable. It's way too predictable. I mean, they left all kind of clues and hints, you know, and I mean, it's funny, even like when Adam Cole and MJF were sitting in the ring together and then, you know, the lights went out and the devil appeared on the screen. Apparently some nerds on Reddit also uh, or on Twitter, one of one or the other they um they actually showed showed uh, the video they played it back in slow motion and they said look adam cole puts his hands in his pocket right before the video screen you know kicks on with the devil on it so you know so for all the people that are saying oh it can't be it can't be adam cole cuz he was in the ring with mjf while he could because you know um he could have pre recorded that video and and had it kicked on by one of his assailants or himself controlling it with a smartphone or something in his pocket. who knows you know i mean those are dumb that I mean I think that's kind of dumb but but it's not again it's not impossible you know um but yeah, Adam Cole, man, he seems to be the likeliest candidate to be the devil just because it makes the most sense, you know? And, you know, just because it's predictable doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it's it's bad or anything. But, you know, his injury really threw a monkey wrench into everything. And um, now it appears that MJF himself is also injured. So that's not good. And... That's bad in a lot of ways, actually. Um, not even just because of this, this storyline, but MJF has truly become, um, as I said, yeah, he's pretty much the best thing that AEW has going for it. Uh, he really is. And um, it's, it's a shame, man. If, he, if it's a serious injury and he's going to have to take time off from AEW, that is going to be a massive blow for the company. Um, so, who do I want to be the devil though? I mean, cause I'm going to say this, it, it does make the most sense for Adam Cole to be the devil, but, um, it could be, it could be somebody else. I mean, now there's even people speculating that MJF could actually be the devil and that this whole thing is a charade and he, you know, because, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled type of deal, they could use that narrative And it could be a big swerve. And hell, speaking of swerve, why not swerve be the devil? Now, I mean, hear me out. Hear me out. You know, swerve has shown clearly uh, a dark side, a creepy side, quite frankly, with that invading (laughs) Adam Page's house and cutting a promo on a little baby. I mean, um, he has shown a dark side, so to speak i mean imagine if swerve is revealed to be the devil and um you know he was he was uh cutting double duty you know working with page in a feud terrorizing him and at the same time terrorizing mjf put swerve over big over the top imagine that you know i mean if they could invade people's houses you know, and sneak on in. Why can't he be the one that snuck in and stole the devil's mask from MJF? You know, I mean, it's something to think about, man. I mean, I just, I want Swerve to be pushed to infinity and beyond. No Buzz light here. You feel me? I want him to become, uh, I, I, think, I think he should be the champ. I, I really think he should be the next in line to win the title. And, and this could be the way he gets there because right now the trajectory is headed toward Samoa Joe potentially capturing the title at, at world's end just simply by default because of MJF's injuries, you know, pending them being serious and him having to take time away. So they could easily insert Swerve into this whole dynamic by revealing him as the devil. Now I'm not saying he is the devil, but I'm just saying like that could be that could be a thing, you know. And in fact, I would not I would not mind it if it was revealed to be swerve, man. I mean, you know the guy in the devil mask was shown to have like a slender body type, you know, um and and swerve, I mean he's built, but he's he's kind of he's slender. You know what I mean? I mean, they could I mean, listen, you know, whoever they showed in the devil's mask doesn't have to be the actual person in the devil's mask. Because there's always a way to explain that too. like, oh, there were multiple people there were, you know, because he has assailants. Hell, it could be Swerve Strickland and the people, uh, the henchmen could be the mogul embassy. You feel me? Um, it kind of don't look like them, you know when they were in the ring um the body types it kind of don't look like them um in fact uh the people that have saying that m j f could be the devil and and the henchmen are former pinnacle members you know wardlow f t r sean spears i mean it, it that actually kind of looks like them too their body type one of them kind of looked like dax harwood dog um and uh cash wheeler but um but yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Swerve's name into the hat though, man. I would actually like Swerve to be revealed as the devil. Way better than Jack Perry. Cause he's been another prime suspect to this. Is Jack Perry, another candidate. And um if it's Jack Perry, bro, I I'm I'm I was about to say I'm done with AEW, but <laughs> nah I won't stop watching, but. That's dumb as hell, bro. Dumb as hell. It, it, it's, it's just as dumb as people saying it's Britt Baker. Maybe a little less dumb than that. But it's, it, it's all dumb as hell. It cannot be Jack Perry. It cannot be Britt Baker. You know what I mean? Um, And, and Britt Baker is in the news because she's been tweeting kind of dissing aew and its angles right now it's time about oh so-and-so's getting tv time but i'm not okay um and she even made fun of how um at full gear uh which i was at live <laughs> she even made fun of how you know mjf wasn't cleared to compete but yet they cleared adam cole on crutches and she has a point and she has a point that was dumb as hell that really was you know, and then even when MJF came back, they tried to stop him from going in the ring. Yet you got a a grown man with on crutches, you know, standing across the ring um, from Jay White. So that that made no sense. But you know, AEW they they try to add salsa to to the platters, man. Um, but um, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it don't. It just, that's just the way the old mop flops. You know, that's the way it is. So moving on now. I do want to talk about the women's division just for a little bit because um I'm really proud of both timeless Tony Storm and most especially Julia Hart. Um, because Julia Hart, man, she's um she's killing it right now with her whole look, her get up, and she's not too shabby in the ring. I mean, there's been far worse uh women's wrestlers to come through um but julia hart i think she's she makes a good tbs champ i think it's interesting um i just think they need to insert her into some kind of angle that really puts her over the top like you know honestly i i would make her the leader of the house of black real talk even though it's called the house of black and malachi black has long been associated as to being the leader of the group i would make it that julia hart is calling the shots you know what i'm saying kind of similar to rhea ripley in the judgment day um i would make julia hart the leader um and just because she's making the most noise i mean where's where's malachi black at where's buddy matthews at you know um i saw buddy matthews and claudio tear the house down at full gear and the um uh, the pre-show, zero hour, but um, these guys, they're they're nowhere to be found, Brody King, he's in the Continental Classic, okay, where's Malachi Black, I don't know, do something more with Julia Hart, is all I'm saying, because she's fantastic, she really is, she has a great look about her, um, she has a presence about her, um, and I like her as the TBS champ. I think it's a good move. Timeless Tony Storm. I've been singing her praises for quite a bit. Um, Timeless Tony Storm, she's doing it big right now. Uh, she's got Mariah May, Mariah May, who made her debut with Aew just a, a couple weeks ago or so. Uh, Mariah May made her name in Japan. Apparently, she was a big star over there in a promotion called Stardom. I don't know anything about that. I don't watch Japanese wrestling. But, um, you know, I hear a lot of pundits and fans alike criticizing her debut, that they should have made her into a bigger deal and this and that. But you know what? Uh, I don't have a problem at all with the way they debuted Mariah May, to be quite honest, because I don't know this chick. How? Why? Why should they make a big deal out of somebody that I don't know? Just because she was famous in Japan or whatever don't mean that she should get the red carpet treatment here. She has to earn her way up to the top. I I have zero problems with the way they debut Mariah May and she don't I mean I haven't seen her work yet. I have not seen her in the ring yet. Um if I'm not mistaken, uh she's supposed to uh have her her debut in Ring Action on next week's Dynamite, I believe, but um, if she's good in the ring, she's good in the ring. But looks wise, she ain't all that. <laughs> just keeping it real, she ain't all that looks wise. She don't look like um a mega star in the making or anything like that. She she looks like you know just another blonde chick that happens to be a wrestler. Um, but I do like this pairing of her with Tony Storm. Um, I think that um uh, it's a good dynamic. You know, they're both platinum blondes. And Tony Storm is on another level right now, man. Her character work, it's fantastic. She is pulling off this, this role um so well. You know, like it's just the perfect gimmick for her. And WWE, they I bet you, I bet you, like Triple H and Co. They're just like, damn, man. Like this would have been cool on SmackDown. It's time with Tony Storm stuff. This is this is incredible. You know, cause that's exactly the type of personality and character that WWE utilizes. This Marilyn Monroe type of get up and and um uh, personality that um Tony Storm is exuding. I dig it. And her as women's champ, you know, I think she should have a long sustained run with the women's championship. Um, I like how they presented it to her like it was a Golden Globe or whatever, like an Academy Award. And, um, you know, it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, I really, really dig what they're doing with Tony Storm and with Julia Hart. And, you know, I could see Tony Storm and Julia Hart, you know, crossing paths. I would like to see that because they're both the hottest things going on right now in the women's division in AEW. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's money. I would like to see Tony Storm and Julia Hart cross paths at some point. Champion versus champion. But speaking of champion versus champion, let's go ahead and bring back talking boxing. Because David, the Mexican monster, Benavides, beat the brakes (laughs) off of Demetrius. Boo Boo Andrade, and I know I said that this was a dangerous fight for Benavides, and I still stand by that. I still stand by that because it was a dangerous fight, just because he needed to make a statement, because his previous fight with Caleb Plant, you know, after after his fight with Caleb Plant, I said, you know what, bro, Canelo would wreck Benavides if he's in a if he's on a fight like that, because I mean. He let some dude just grab on him all night and couldn't subdue that. And, and and I know it's not all his fault because the referee should have threatened to take a point away for the excess holding on the part of Caleb Plant. Um, but, you know, an elite fighter needs to know how to navigate through somebody that's just trying to hold. And you think Mike Tyson will let somebody just hold him all night? Hell nah. He'll land something. You know, he'll know how to break through that. It's kind of like when you watch soccer. It's like when you watch uh, the Mexican national team. Every time Mexico plays against Guatemala or Honduras or El Salvador, uh, Honduras, we we recently saw them play them. You know, these Central American teams, they always bunker, which means they, they don't attack. They have everybody in the back parking the bus. And they're just trying to counter Mexico. That's the only way they could ever beat them. But Mexico, if they're going to try to become an elite team, which they're not right now, but they should be striving to become one. An elite team figures out how to break through a bunker. It's only a matter of time. You know what I mean? Um, but and it's the same thing in boxing. You know, a boxer should learn how to navigate through uh, some guy just trying to hold all night. You know, and trying to run away and, and pity you know uh uh pity pat and hold skippity pat and hold. <laughs> Shout out Tony Baker. But um yeah man, um now with Ben Benavidas and Andrade, Andrade now has a statement made. He knocked out Andrade, Boo Boo who incidentally has been calling out canelo for years which is funny to me even crashed canelo's press conference that infamous one where canelo's like he guampe day he guampe day i know this like get the fuck out of here man <laughs> that's a kid man that's a kid <laughs> it sounded like tony montana uh nah man uh Benavides versus Canelo—that's um—that's a fight that needs to be made. You know, I I hear some of the pundits say because uh, I listen to boxing podcasts as well, and some of the pundits say that Benavides should have one more fight before he fights Canelo. Um, and perhaps that's you know perhaps that's reasonable, but I need to see Canelo Benavides in 2024. That needs to happen. If it's not gonna happen in a Cinco de Mayo weekend. Then that shit better happen in September. You know, Mexican Independence Weekend. It better happen. And this could very well be a passing of the torch bout. As Canelo, the old timer, takes on the new up and coming lion in David Benavides. And it's crazy to even say Canelo the old-timer, man. Because I this guy has been boxing since he was 18. And i seen him grow up in this sport, man. He fought Mayweather at the age of 22 when he had a little baby face, man. And it's just crazy. This dude is just, uh, what a legend, man. What a legend, any way you slice it. I, I used to be a Canelo hater, too, a little bit back in the day. I'm not going to lie. I used to be kind of a Canelo hater. Um, just because I hate when I hate when fighters, especially Mexican fighters, I hate when f- our fighters get over hyped, you know, like big time over hyped i I can't stand that shit um and and the reason I don't like that is because it puts unnecessary pressure on these fighters to um to be great and and to be extraordinary you know, and boxing is such a difficult sport, and, you know, so I used to kind of be the counterculture, be like, Canelo ain't shit, <laughs> James Kirkland finna knock his ass out, boom, James Kirkland gets ragdolled, bro, I'll never forget that, you know what I mean, um, what's his name, uh, uh, Lara, Lara's gonna beat him, Lara gets beat, um, What's the other dude that everybody said also supposedly beat Canelo on point? What's that other Austin Trout? Austin Trout's gonna beat Canelo, Canelo beats him. Um, you know, and then the Golovkin fights are kind of what turned me into uh, a Canelo fan, you know, because man, Gannity Golovkin. Here's the thing Canelo went to a draw with Golovkin in the first bout, obviously beat him in the second bout which to me the second one seemed more like a draw than the first one but then he beat him decisively in in the more recent third bout but people need to understand that Golovkin is not an ordinary fighter that dude was something else in his prime bro Golovkin was fucking crazy like, he just, um, you know, he created that looping right hook that you see David Benavidez do. You know what I mean? He created that. That, that looping right hook. Um, that's, that's, that's a Golovkin punch that Benavidez now uses. And incidentally, Benavides sparred with Golovkin when David was a freaking teenager, dog. Okay? So that goes to show you the experience and incredible lessons and teachings that that kid has gotten. But Golovkin was something else. He was something else. So I gained a whole newfound respect for Canelo, man, in, in in the Golovkin fights. Even though they were controversial, blah, blah, blah. But, man, um, for Canelo to eat some of the punches that he ate and keep moving, that's why That's I knew Bivol wasn't going to knock Canelo out. Because if Gannity couldn't knock him out, I knew Bivol wasn't. Even though he was very close. It looked like he could have actually if he if he put his you know, put the gas pedal down more, but man, um Canelo just has a indomitable chin and a beard and he's a just a dynamic cat. So I gained a newfound respect for him after the Golovkin fights. But if Canelo continues to avoid the Mexican monster David Benavidez, my respect is gonna dwindle. Because he needs to fight this kid, man. This fight needs to happen. There are they're talking about Canelo fighting Jaime Munguia. And and, and Jaime is a little monster himself, but he's not ready for this. He ain't ready for Canelo. You know, this kid ain't ready for prime time. You put you put Jaime Munguia in a pay-per-view main event against Canelo. That's like putting Jay White in a pay-per-view main event against MJF. <laughs> know what the hell they're thinking over there then you have jay white losing clean to swerve strickland in the in the continental classic bro swerve better better become champ next anyway i digress um you know if 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 canelo fights munguia and benavides fights one more tune-up fight before the big clash okay fine but i better see canelo versus benavides in 2024 one way or the other. And one way or the other, Brian King Rai Garcia has returned in exciting fashion as he stops Oscar Duarte in a round eight TKO landslide victory for the youngster. And this is a fight that I did not even watch. <laughs> I saw the I saw it on Twitter, man. I saw it on X. I saw the knockout on X. And um This is a fight that proves nothing. Because I need to see King Rai up against some serious opposition before I can really say he's back. Put him against Haney. Put him against Shakur Stevenson. That's the fight he wants anyway. They both want the smoke. They both been talking that masa. You know what I mean? So put your money where your mouth is. Fight Shakur Stevenson. And if Garcia King Rye can beat Shakur Stevenson, then I will sing his praises and proclaim him as to being back. Now, going to the Tank Davis defeat that he suffered uh, earlier this year. I predicted it. I said that I just don't think Ryan Garcia is complete enough to overcome the little tank that is Davis, who is arguably, by a, a few people, to be the face of boxing right now. Um, And, you know, he's, he's kind of shown it with the pay-per-view numbers that he did with Ryan. Now, granted, King Ryan Garcia, the dude's got like 11 million followers on Instagram. So if you can't pop... You know, good numbers, good pay-per-view buy rate with somebody who's drawing 11 million followers. There's there's clearly something wrong. Because that's the highest pay-per-view date he's ever done. Um, besides Ryan, though, he has been successful. It's been noted that, you know, he's he, he draws um, at the live gate and in, you know, pay-per-view numbers. So, clearly, you know, Tank Davis, he has... Some credibility for the people out there that do see him as the face of boxing. I do not see him as the face of boxing. Because to me, it's blasphemy to declare anybody that isn't Canelo the face of boxing. You know what I mean? Canelo is the biggest box office attraction right now. He is, uh, you know, one of the greatest of all time, arguably, as well. I mean, his, his, his accolades speak for itself. The first fighter of any era to unify the super middleweight division. You know, people always throw around the moniker, the first Mexican to unify the super middleweight division. But what they fail is, he. it, it doesn't matter whether he's Mexican or not. He's the first professional boxer in history to unify the super middleweight division. That is That by itself is a distinguished uh, accolade for him. You know... Um, That cannot be duplicated. At least not yet. You know, somebody has to step up to that plate. Benavides, he wants that Canelo fight. And that's a fight that must happen in 2024, one way or the other, as I mentioned, as I said. Ryan Garcia, what's next? I already said it. He needs to fight Haney. He needs to fight Shakur Stevenson, one or the other. Uh, perhaps one more tune-up fight perhaps before he gets into those big fights but he's gonna have to show me something because this victory over oscar duarte to me it doesn't prove anything this this duarte guy he's like in wrestling terms he'd be a jobber you know what i mean he it may be a, a gatekeeper in the mid card at best to get this kid over i need to see garcia really you know dig in deep to become that complete fighter that we all desire him to be and it's exciting this kid is charismatic man his roast of oscar de la Hoya and bernard hopkins is some of the most hilarious uh and entertaining things i've seen in boxing in a long time i mean you know he, he, he's just putting them on blast right in front of them, too. Oscar literally standing right behind him while Ryan talks that shit. <laughs> and, and Oscar, you know, you could tell he was just coked out of his mind, you know, bugging out like Tony Khan. <laughs> his eyes popping out of his skull, looking like he want to strangle Ryan Garcia. That was like the most entertaining shit in boxing that I've seen in a long time. In a very long time. That's like when when Boo Boo, Demetrius Andrade, crashed Canelo's press conference that one time. You know, like I mentioned earlier, Canelo clowned on him and said, "Get the fuck out of here, man! Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> that that was so entertaining, and this was reminiscent kind of of that, just the entertaining press conferences and stuff, um, and Bernard Hopkins as well. Somebody, I think, the Fight Hub, boxing channel on YouTube. Um, When when he makes that comment, uh, him being Ryan Garcia, when he says, uh, you know, Bernard Hopkins said he'd never lose to a white boy, but he got knocked out of the ring by by Joe Smith. Last time I checked, Joe Smith was white. So they be lying. (laughs) And and then the camera pans in on Bernard Hopkins face like deadpan too, like it just zooms in on his face. (laughs) It's the most hilarious shit i've seen in boxing in a long time this is what boxing needs guys you know all joking aside all joking aside that's funny and we're all laughing about it the memes are going around on x but this is the kind of shit that boxing needs right now it needs a charismatic quick-witted sharp-tongued good-looking cat like ryan garcia And this is why I I really wanted him to beat Tank Davis earlier this year, man. I really did. I really wanted him. Not not just because of any personal bias, like, you know, Tank Davis choking out his girlfriend and stuff. So I I already vilified him and said he's going to be the heel anytime he fights Garcia. I said that years ago. But this is the guy that boxing needs, man. Or somebody like him. Somebody like him. You know, just a charismatic. That's what's been missing in boxing for a long time. Because as great as Canelo is, yeah, he's the face of boxing and this and that, biggest box office attraction. But let's get let let's be real, man. Canelo, he's he's he has improved his English like dr- dramatically, substantially. Like he really is starting to speak English really good. But he's still not the answer to what boxing has been missing in a long time, which is a fucking charismatic young good-looking cat man who can talk it up like a muhammad ali type of figure let's just put it like that that's the best example i was gonna say mayweather i was gonna use mayweather as the example but he's not a good example because he's not a good-looking cat at least i don't think so and he's not i mean his charisma was more like braggadocious and you know he he's just marketed himself as a big villain that everybody paid to see lose And that's what made Mayweather's career. But that's not the answer. We need someone like a Muhammad Ali type. Like a legit good looking cat who is charismatic, who is sharp sharp-tongued, who is quick witted and could back it up in the ring as well. That's what boxing needs desperately right now. Instead of getting YouTubers like the Paul brothers, you know, doing exhibition bouts against MMA rejects, we need... Real legit boxers that have this kind of charisma to sell fights and make you laugh and make you feel something. This is what boxing needs desperately right now. Ryan Garcia, he's the answer. But his victory over Oscar Duarte doesn't answer any questions. Everybody on X is tweeting, oh, he's back, we are so back, and this and that. Uh Uh-uh, I don't buy that. I'm not buying it until I see King Rye mixing it up with Shakur Stevenson or, or, or Devin Haney. Cats like that. That's when I can say he's back if he can beat those type of cats that are closer than not to being Elite. In the sport of boxing. So only time will tell. We'll see what happens with King Rai Garcia. And we'll see what happens uh, in the aforementioned sweepstakes. Canelo sweepstakes, that is, as David Benavides is hungry and he is going after Canelo. Will Canelo duck him? Will he fight him? Find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, y'all. Alright, before I close out this transmission, let me go ahead and update The current scores of the Continental Classic going down in AEW. Um, We got the Gold League with John Moxley at 2-0 with 6 points. Swerve Strickland, 2-0, 6 points. Jay White, 1 victory, 1 draw, 3 points. Uh, That 1 draw is actually 1 loss because I know he lost to Swerve Strickland. Um, Roosh is at... One victory, one loss, zero draws, three points. Jay Lethal is (laughs) 0-2 with zero points. Boy, have the mighty have fallen. Um, Mark Briscoe as well is 0-2 with zero points. In the Blue League, we got Brody King, two victories, nil-nil in the loss and draw category up at six points. Brian Danielson, clearly the favorite from this group here. One victory, zero draws, zero losses. Three points. Andrade El Idolo with one victory, zero draws, zero losses at three points. Claudio Castagnoli with one victory and one defeat. He has three points. Eddie Kingston with zero points, two L's. Daniel Garcia as well, zero points, two L's. So all I'm going to say, I'm not going to really make any... Predictions as far as all these individual matches play out. But I want to say uh, from the Blue League, Brian Danielson should be the favorite to advance. And in the Gold League, I'd love it for Swerve Strickland to advance and he be the one to uh, win this whole classic. You know what I mean? Uh, But I, I really think if the injury rumor is true that MJF is a lot more hurt than what is believed to be, and he's gonna have to take time off. I don't think it should be Samoa Joe that takes the title off of John Moxley. Uh, excuse me, what John Moxley? Where am I at? <laughs> I'm, I'm back in time to last year. Um, no, it should be Swerve Strickland that takes the title off of MJF because that would be a huge rub for that dude, man, and he deserves it. He's firing on all cylinders right now, and um, I think it would make the most sense. But knowing Tony Khan, he's probably going to, if anything, he's probably going to have Brian Danielson and John Moxley in the final because there's already kind of a built-in storyline with both of them being associated with the Blackpool Combat Club, um, and they're both fighters and whatnot, whatnot. Um, but my pick is for Swerve Strickland to win the whole damn tournament. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Um, I'll be back when I be back, (laughs) whenever I can, and um, tip your waitresses, tip your lift drivers, and as I always say, live life on cruise control, because sometimes you get farther when you take it slow. I'm out.